Hey guys, and welcome to Choir Talks. Thank you for being here with me and sharing. Uh, appreciate my, my listeners. I appreciate you guys who are following with me. As you know, uh, here during this time of the coronavirus, um, I have been reading through the book of Psalms, and I finished that this week, and I wanted to go back and share one more of these Psalms with you um, before we move on to something else. And this one uh, is Psalm 34. Psalm 34 is a, is a great psalm. Um, it is just the heart of a worshiper, and uh, it's accredited to, to David and a specific moment in his life um, when he was in trouble, and, um, and, and the Lord rescued him. And so he offers this psalm of praise, this song of praise, uh, and he just is blessing the Lord for being his rescue. So let's read it together, Psalm 34. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. These first three verses are really about praise. It's his declaration of his intent to praise the Lord. And so um, notice three things in three verses. First of all, praise is an everyday thing. Listen to that again. Verse one, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Praise isn't something that we reserve for Sunday mornings while we're sitting in a church service. Praise should flow out of the heart of a worshiper, out of the heart of a believer who follows a praiseworthy God. It should flow out every day, all the time. David says, I'm gonna be praising God, noticing his greatness and his goodness and and speaking about it, speaking to him about it. Um, and then verse two, he says, I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Now here's something about praise. It is directed to God, but it's also intended to be overheard, if you will. Sometimes as we praise, uh, we together we hear the praises of other people and are strengthened by that. And in this case, he says, let the afflicted hear and rejoice. So here's the thought. Praise is an encouraging thing. It's an everyday thing. It's an encouraging thing. It is something uh, that can make a difference in the lives of, of another believer or a non-believer when they come to hear the greatness of God spoken through our lips as, as we affirm praise to the Lord. Uh, verse three, glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Notice these two phrases, with me and exalt together. Praise is, is a together thing. We can praise the Father when we are sitting by ourselves on the side of a mountain or on a beach somewhere. Absolutely, when we look into creation, we are drawn to give praise to the Lord. However, there's something super powerful about uh, sharing that praise. Um, there's something about joining together with brothers and sisters to worship and specifically to praise that that magnifies our praise, makes it even greater. The praise of one should should encourage and draw someone else to uh, praise also. Uh, it is not for no reason that we uh, worship corporately, that we worship together. Our praises belong together. Praise is a together thing. And then he gives some personal testimony, starting in verse four. He says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. So I told you before that um, he was in trouble at this po point in his life before Abimelech. Uh, he was in a, a place of trouble and God delivered him. And in the midst of that trouble, he was fearful. He was fearful of what a man would do to him. 
And so he said, I sought the Lord. I called out to the Lord and he delivered me, not out of my trouble, but he delivered me out of my fear. When, um, when he had fear, he did the right thing. He sought the strength of the Father. And when he did, God delivered him from the fear in his life. Um, and so he, reflecting on that, he says in verse five, those who look to him, to God, are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. As he thinks about his own rescue from God, um, he remembers how that came and, and what that looked like and felt like to him. He uses the word radiant. Um, it reminds me of Moses coming down off that mountain um, when he had met with God and it said that his face shone uh, with the radiance of the glory of God. When God rescues us, when we see God deliver us, when we know God, um, there is this, this radiance, this, his glory uh, dwells with us. Our face is radiant. Uh, and then uh, he says in verse six, this poor man called and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Um, this poor man called in, in humility, the king, King David says, this poor man called because in, even though he was the king uh, or on his way to being king at that point in his trouble, just like you and me, he is a poor man. He was powerless against his trouble. Uh, but when he called, uh, he was powerful in the Lord. The Lord heard him and the Lord saved him out of his trouble. Verse seven, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him uh, and he delivers them. That's a great verse. Um, the, the angel of the Lord, the power of the Lord encamps around. He surrounds those who fear him. Um, this word fear here needs to be understood as the one who worships him, the one who reveres the greatness and power of God. So the power of God encamps around the one who reveres God and he delivers him. That is a great verse to claim. Um, if you revere God, if, if you... Um, hold him holy and you respect his power in his life, here's the promise. His power surrounds you, encamps uh, all around you. That's a beautiful promise. And then I love this verse. Uh, this is my favorite verse out of this psalm. Psalm uh, 34 verse 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. When I was younger and I read that verse, I just thought that was weird. That just sounded strange. How can you taste God? But as I've come to understand it, it makes perfect sense. The psalmist, uh, David in this case, is encouraging us to know God. So he says, here's how you know him. Taste and see. Um, and so in my mind, I, I picture an apple. You know, you can have an apple and you can... You can study that apple, you can observe it, see its color, um, you can see the texture of its skin. Uh, if you were a scientist, you could cut it open and analyze the molecules inside it. You could learn about what type of apple tree maybe produced it. And um, there's, there's so much that you could learn about that apple, but you would never completely understand that apple until when? Until you took a bite out of it. When you bit into that apple, and experienced it, then you would understand what that apple is all about. So he says, just like that, taste and see. You can sit in many a church service and hear somebody preach about God. You can read many books and, and hear what somebody else says about God, but you will never completely understand God secondhand. You gotta taste and see. We understand God when we experience him. 
when we experience his goodness, when we experience his greatness, then we understand God. So listen to David again. He says, this poor man called and the Lord heard him and he saved him out of trouble. He had tasted, he had experienced God's goodness and now he believes it and understands God in a new way. Taste and see. By experience, know that God is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And then he, he instructs us, fear the Lord or revere him, you his holy people. For those who fear him lack nothing. Um, now this is, to me, is an important principle. If, if you fear and revere God, you begin to understand in his ways and think like he thinks. And when you do that, you lack nothing is, is the promise that he makes here. Um, when I am, have my own earthly human agenda, I, I might see things in my life that I feel lacking about. But when I honor God and when I seek him and his thoughts become my thoughts, then I realize that he is all I need and that in him I have everything. I lack nothing. And then to drive the point home in verse 10, he says, the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good things, uh, no good thing. So he, he thinks about the lion, the, the mightiest, uh, known for its strength. The lion is the strongest thing he can think of, perhaps. Uh, and he says, even the lions, though, grow weak and hungry. Uh, even in the strongest, there is weakness. Um, but on the other hand, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. That word seek sticks out to me. Uh, I thought about Jeremiah 29, 13 that says this, you shall seek me, God speaking here says, you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Um, so here's another great promise. When, if, if that's the kind of follower you are, seeking and searching after God with all your heart, then in him you're going to find everything you need and you'll lack for no good thing. Verse 11, come my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever uh, of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil, your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. So uh, here he says, uh, let me teach you about the fear of the Lord. Let me teach you to be a worshiper. And then he gives us instructions that involve our behavior. Um, if we're going to really fear the Lord and revere him, uh, he is holy and our lives need to begin to reflect that. Um, if we, if our, the behavior of our life doesn't reflect the holiness of God, then, um, then we don't really fear him. So he says, let me teach you how to fear God. Begin to follow his commands. Begin to walk in, in godly ways, and then you will learn to fear him. Um, then he says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. Um, and I like that. Now, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. He, uh, in this difficult time that we're walking through right here, that's a great thing to remember, that the eyes of the Lord are on the ones, who, the righteous ones, the ones who follow him, the ones who by grace have received the righteousness of Christ. Here's the promise. The eyes of the Lord are on you. And, uh, and his ears are attentive to your cry. He hears your prayers. What a great promise for us to remember. The Lord sees us. He is always with us Any. And he hears our prayer. As we cry out to him, those words that we call out to him are not lost on the Father. He hears our prayer. Um, one more out of uh, 
Psalm 34, verse 18 says this, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Here's a principle I, I believe that we see in the, in the Bible that, um, that God uh, gives grace to the one who is humble. You can find that in 1 Peter. You can find it in uh, James. Um, and you can find it here in the Psalms. The Lord gives grace to the one who is humble. Um, so here he says the Lord is close to the one who is, is brokenhearted, the one who has been crushed down by life. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. Uh, when we are at our greatest point of need, the Father is, is with us. Um, so there's many encouragements here in Psalm 34. I encourage you to read it. We didn't read every verse here, but uh, there's more to be gleaned out of that. But I hope today as you read Psalm 34 that you're encouraged and that you're prompted to be a worshiper and one who gives praise to the one who delivers you. Let's pray. Father, we want to praise you today and acknowledge that you are the great and holy and awesome God. Lord, you are the one who has rescued us in the past and we believe and know that you are the one who will rescue us in the future. Father, as we think about this virus that is covering the world right now, Father, we know that your power is, is greater than that. Father, at the end of all human ingenuity and technology, Lord, we have no answer. Uh, and yet, Father, you, your power is greater than that. And so, Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus, God, that you would roll back this virus, God, that you would deliver uh, the world, that you would deliver us. Father, we ask you that um, and call your name to do that. Father, there are brothers and sisters maybe who are listening to this podcast who have lost their, their job are struggling in various ways uh, during this difficult time. Father, I pray your, your blessings on them. God, let them be like David who call out to you and are rescued from all their fears, God. Um, and Father, I just pray that you would do that in their lives, that your strength would be displayed in such a way that they could, could see your greatness and your glory and your deliverance. And Father, we thank you for that in advance. And I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. I hope you'll join us this weekend at Ridgecrest Baptist Church online only, of course, Facebook or YouTube. Uh, find our channel and catch us at 1030. Have a great day.